0: I'm Jason Klom, and this is Comedy on Vinyl. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Comedy on Vinyl. My guest this week, Dan Schlissel. What are we talking about, Dan? I think we're talking about
1: everything, aren't we?
0: Yeah, sounds good to me. (laughs) Hit me with it. Uh, Boy, I don't (laughs) even
1: We need to start with everything. Let me get my uh, Encyclopedia Britannica out. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. (laughs) I assume when we're talking about comedy records, there are like three people, if I had them on here, that I consider them to be the Encyclopedia Britannica of comedy records. So, and you're one of them. So, you know.
1: I'm probably behind the other two. I know one of them and I'm definitely behind him. Uh
0: Is the other one Dan Pasternak? No, I was thinking of Jeff Abraham. (laughs) Jeff Abraham. Those those are the two that I always think of. Those two and yourself are the three where I'm like, well. I'm. I'm not going to bother. They. They already know more than I do. But
1: you know, I would. I wouldn't mind being on a panel with three of you.
0: Yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> oh my god. You know,
1: maybe we'll save that for uh, some other special occurrence, mm-hmm. or something for it.
0: Yeah, four weird nerds. It'll be a lot of fun. Four very also, special nerds.
1: You'll have four views. hmm Or it'll yeah. be in multiples of four because we'll just go back to it to refer.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> what's what's a record well let's let's i don't know what we're gonna talk about well what's a record that you maybe that i've never talked about on the show that you wish had come up
1: dear lord there's <laughs> just so many good records you have so many episodes that i think if i threw a dart at the board i'd hit one of the ones you already covered
0: mm-hmm. um it was a good chance We
1: already you know we talked to myron cohen we talked lenny i believe and we talked uh um, Uncle Dirty. If I yes, remember.
0: we did. Yeah.
1: No, it was, Rodney.
0: It was Rodney, Rodney. was the other one. Okay, right, right, right. All right. There we go.
1: So those are the three that I talked. But I mean, dear God, there's just so many good classic comedy albums. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'd pick. I, I <laughs> you know, I started with the most obvious. I like the the early, before trouble with Ed Sullivan, Jackie Mason records a lot. Oh, okay. Uh, I can't remember the titles because they're multi-word titles. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like that I want to leave you with the words of a great comedian, me, I mm-hmm. think is one of them. Yep. It, like I like those records a lot. I'd want to re-listen to the Stiller and Mira records to decide mm-hmm. if I wanted to talk about those. Um, you know, we, we just recently lost Jerry. Mm-hmm. And uh I just I just remember seeing him when I was a little kid on TV, the two of them. Mm -hmm. and just loving them but i haven't really sat to revisit them since even though they still both carry my respect sure i would want someone to you know i get nickels in may academically but i would want someone of the time to like go no no you don't understand the impact and how much different it was before right yeah you know but unfortunately like the one person that i know of who's a real expert on that is is not someone you can really easily talk to publicly without a massive amount of blowback
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay that makes sense
1: i'd lie if i didn't say i didn't want to reissue bill cosby talks to kids about drugs
0: <laughs> i mean you know sure, sure it's a very special uh re-release i mean it's got it's it's got a lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of i'm a snarky ass i can <laughs> tell you
1: i'm a snarky ass. <laughs> But at the same time, it does have a story. I think it was a Grammy winner, too.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: So, that's, I mean, you know, nice. I mean,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I knew I'd be dancing a line if I picked that. Yeah, of course. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> only by any stretch. I don't know what specific album I would pick. There's so many that mean so much to me.
0: Yeah. No, that's fair. That's, that's absolutely fair. Is there a, mm, probably not. Is there a genre we haven't covered enough on here? Because I mean, you got sketch, you got improv, you got musical comedy, you got straight stand-up, you've got your weird fucking spoken word shit, you you know whatever the hell you want to call, uh, you know, uh, brother uh, Theodore and all that stuff. It's weird, weird. Oh, he's a stand-up tragedian, isn't he, or whatever. Yeah, I mean that's about right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I I, I like all of it. I, I don't really have a preference. I would say I like things that don't get a lot of love. Mm-hmm. Uh. You know, stand-up hog[s] the whole spotlight in comedy. So I don't, you know, novelty tunes and and yeah, uh, you, ha- you have your sketch groups, you have your improv groups, you have uh, there- there's certain subgenres. You know, I, I don't think that uh, I know enough. Oh, I can't even remember her name, the the transgender comic uh, mm-hmm. from the sixties. Like there- there's not enough. Mm-hmm. things about that and there's you know all sorts of new areas that you discover that you should have known about but didn't yeah and you know different languages different cultures I mean you know that Cliff Nesteroff book is really enlightening about Native American oh yeah Man. <laughs> and there's very little in that category out there
0: right yeah, I mean, even when I was like, so is there an album do you want to concentrate on just to keep with the theme of the show? And he, he had a couple of mind, but he wasn't about to go uh, out and say, well, I can't like this is not a this is not my thing. He was very, very gentle about it. He's like, I- I'm not going to say this is bad, but I will say it's not my thing. But I did pick it because it's out there and there is some native comedy on vinyl. So it does get a little harder if you're if you're looking in the record, uh, you know, if you're looking in, in, in in the actual physical record of this shit, there's not as much in certain you're absolutely right. In certain areas you're just kinda of fucked trying to find it.
1: Well yeah, like the whole the whole HBO Caroline's improv oh, yeah. TV generation. There aren't the albums aren't there because they were right. all on T V and those T V specials yeah. are mostly unavailable. Yeah. So like
0: good luck. I'd like Richard Lewis to release his stuff on vinyl. Um because that stuff's pretty great.
1: If I had the contact,
0: uh-huh. I have
1: the neuroses to relate. Sure.
0: You know, I, but if,
1: if I had the contact, I'd pursue it.
0: I need to reach out to him again because he was down to do this podcast, um, which I think is okay to say because by the time we release this, the show's almost over entirely. Right. But, like, uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, I should reach out to him. And also, you just should. be like, "Hey, why the fuck aren't your records out? Your records need." Although he probably doesn't control them, um, it would be it would be nice. You you know. Put his people in touch with me. Yeah, yeah, I could do that. I'm sure I could I do
1: that. would pursue that in a heartbeat. Of course, by the time this airs, all my competitors will be, you know,
0: right. <laughs> do you you know? It's making me think. Uh, if uh, genre wise, there is not a lot of. Uh, I don't want to insult anybody by saying this not a lot of actual improv on vinyl and there's a good reason for that because most of it would be shit but if you did what you do you know what what a stand-up does which is let's let's record our three sets or our two sets and cut it down to a record potentially if they don't just if they can only afford the one set I get it you do what you got to do cut that down to 45 minutes but there's not a lot of pure improv on vinyl and that is something I'd like to hear I'd like to hear somebody eating shit Uh, you trying hard to make some comedy and like at least one of the tracks just to be a total fucking waste, because that is the experience of improv. I think that
1: would be, be, but the problem is you run into gradations of improv that most of the public doesn't know about. Sure. You know, you have the comedy sports, you have the stage games, you have, you Mm -hmm. have a whole variety of things that it makes it sort of tough to grab that essence. That's why the second city records aren't really representative of the, and I'm talking about vintage ones. They aren't fully representative of what the second city did. And and it's very tough to back then. It was impossible to afford
0: the amount of tape. Oh yeah, for sure. No, that, that yeah. makes sense. You know, there is something called the bat, which is improv done exclusively in the dark. So it might as well be a live comedy record. You don't get to see a thing. And I feel right. like that is, that would lend itself. If there's a group who is very good at doing the bat, I would like to see, hear that as a record. That would be phenomenal. That'd be an interesting pursuit. Um, you know? Because I, I don't feel like pure improv is represented in comedy albums. It's That's where, like, so many people are like, well, you know, podcasts are the new comedy albums. No, that's bullshit. But there is a ton of great improv in podcasts, and a lot of those people could, if they got got their shit together, could make a good... Because I, I, I have one record that was made from a podcast, and I f- think it might be the only one. I'd like to change that one day, but I think it's the only record made from podcast material that I can think of.
1: Was that... Uh um 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 the uh, oh god they're on tv tbs i can't think of their name
0: oh might be somebody different we're probably we're thinking of two different people i'm thinking of the <laughs> comedy bang bang record and that is uh-huh. yeah which is you know interview style improv but there's definitely improv on this two disc record that is uh insane and stupid and intense i'm thinking
1: i'm thinking the tenderloins but i'm not sure that they did that okay okay i think they did a podcast record
0: okay yeah. See, there's just not a lot. There's not a lot. And I feel like that would be the closest you're going to get outside of, again, a bat or something where there's just, there was never any visual component to it. And I'd love to see it with beautiful art on the cover buying. You know. Right.
1: Right. There's that one Cat uh, TV special, mm-hmm.
0: but uh, they never made an album of that either. Cause I don't know how, I don't
1: remember how much of that was visual at this point.
0: Right. Yeah, that becomes hard too. That becomes a real fucking hard part of it.
1: Yeah, I mean the improv thing makes it tough in that way. I think that's why you have like the Nichols and May as close as you can approximate to what they did. But by the time you get it down well enough to record it, it's already scripted, you know.
0: Oh yeah. Big time. Big time. So, Which is great. But they're great sketches for the most part, but it's yeah, right. it's not the thing.
1: Right, right. I, I think that you're you know, Something so mercurial is hard to catch. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Unless you have a tremendous budget. Sure, 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 sure. One of these days. One of these days. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out. By the by, by, the time, oh yeah, by the time this comes out, I can be like, I can actually say that I'm in Detroit now. Uh, I'm not now, but I will be in Detroit by the time this comes out. And who knows? Right. Maybe Maybe I can get together with some improv folks who know what the hell they're doing and can improvise in the dark. That would be fun. Who knows? I don't know fingers crossed yeah i don't know what the detroit comedy seems like at the moment i don't either i'm i'm i am by now hopefully i do but yeah i'm feeling it out i'm talking to some people who know people it's 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 all third party like no it's nobody that i've ever necessarily heard of or anything and no insult to them it's just that i don't know the scene so i, I sent you the mike stanley record right you did yeah 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 yeah
1: he's he's back and forth between there and denver i'll try and okay. connect he's really a
0: more of a straight stand-up than anything mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Straight stand ups make, you know, I'm also looking for actors, and some stand ups are real good actors. They're real good stage yeah, actors. Yeah. I mean, I can
1: connect you, and you'll see if you two clash or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Probably not. We'll be fine. We'll be good. I'm pretty, I'm pretty amiable, I think. Right, right. Maybe not always. <laughs> I've been a pain in your ass a couple times, and I know it. You've
1: never been a pain in my ass. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm positive. <laughs> I Look, you know, we're, we're talking, that's something we'll talk about on this episode, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But, uh, We have a current project that's in the works
0: slowly sure yeah it's very slow you know
1: and uh part of it is you know there's all sorts of craziness slowing things down Mm -hmm. and it's just it's it's a tough thing to coordinate yeah i just the the project we're trying to coordinate has many things that make it difficult uh rights holders and Mm -hmm. uh, slow response times on all sides including mine sure and you know, I actually had the the balls in my court email-wise, and I talking to you and realizing that, and just kicking myself and trying to cover mm-hmm. for time.
0: Oh man, I wish I had the power to make any of that extra shit happen, especially the one thing. I love how we have to talk around this thing since I'm recording it. Are we gonna be able to say what it is or no? What 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 are your thoughts?
1: I mean, it's up to you. We can say we're working on it. Sure, sure. We can um, say that it's not final.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. the the one the one portion of it that is causing the most difficulty we don't have to talk about the specifics of obviously but uh, right. yeah so uh, as everybody well not everybody anybody who listens to this show about a year ago heard was it a year ago might have been more than that um uh you know we found a couple of records Dick Davies uh, daughter uh, daughter his niece found a couple of his his old records sitting around and they were transferred and cleaned up by Taylor Jessen of Firesign Theater's uh, archive because he's a sweetheart he's, the he's uh, such a fucking nice guy and uh and and we're working on getting that released along with some hopeful supplemental material <laughs> As and the as, supplemental
1: as material final. is as they say where the rub
0: is yeah 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 it's uh rough going rough going right
1: right outside of that supplemental material all parties are together and harmonized but uh the pandemic threw some big wrenches into the works and then you couple the slowness of what we're dealing with
0: mm-hmm. anyway
1: in the in the slowness of communication and you know we it's not i'm excited about the project i think it's important but a historical project for a comic who we're revealing to the public
0: mm-hmm.
1: makes it not necessarily what i would call an easy sell
0: no of course not
1: so when you have things that come in of a higher priority like speaking of Taylor that fire sign theater
0: reissue we sure
1: well that takes precedent because it's real easy to get that on skis and moving downhill
0: yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. when you
1: don't have the complicating factors of, of what we're looking at for ancillary material in addition to the two less than LP records that we have
0: right that
1: right they're going to combine <laughs> with ancillary material into an LP
0: yeah yeah, it is it is it is complicated unless unless, of course, we find something else in the meantime that's even better. Who knows? Ooh, fuck, this is the problem. Like I, I did. I tell oh man, how much can I even say? I will say I have one listener to this podcast uh, who I don't know if they want to shout out or not, but I will say that at the very least that they have hunted down. First of all, they found the ancillary materials for me. That's that. Thing. They found that. Oh, OK, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have known about it because I think there was a misspell and I had stopped looking for misspells for a while. And uh, the other thing was uh, he's also sent me some other some interviews with Dick Davey, some other stuff that is out there that I am trying like a like a bastard to hunt down and see if there's anything in there just for the sake of it and just so I can hear it. But also, who knows? There might be some there might be material. He might be performing. Who knows? So I'm going to keep my. my Oh,
1: dude. Well, that 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 certainly throws another complication in the works. And when when you throw into the fact that Mm -hmm. um, his albums are owned by Sony, who are a bear to license from right 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 you know we can't really do a full box we have to do just this ancillary material that the two records and the ancillary material we're talking about yeah otherwise you know there there, there gets to be legal battles about like you know yeah. who owns yeah. what so you we just have to we have to kind of do it without actually having the actual albums available and being part of it mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. everything everything that could be a complicating factor is a complicating factor
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you're right. Yeah. Otherwise, it would be this nice sort of speaking of encyclopedias, this nice encyclopedic just chunk of everything he's ever done, basically. And here you go. But yeah, it would be uh, complicated, right? Um. So yeah, there's a, there's a Dick Davy record to look out for eventually down the line, and um, it's going to be a pretty exciting thing.
1: Hopefully, you know, we'll have to. Well, you and I will have to talk about the jerk. It's writing the liner
0: notes at some. <laughs> That piece the liner notes are. Written. I just wanted to throw some <laughs> poop. That son of a bitch. He doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. He, uh... <laughs> the producers, the producers are halfway too. I can tell you this from there. Really, the only good people here are his niece and his and his widow. You know, very very yeah. kind people. You know. Yeah. I got to tell you, w- w- once this fucking pandemic is over, I'm very excited to finally meet those people in person. That's one thing that I just never got to do. Like when I met them, I was like really basically super poor. And now I'm like poor ish, but also locked down. But I'm, I don't know. It's been a nice relationship. It's, it's been a fun thing, like meeting those people as a result of the podcast. The podcast has given me a lot of that, to be fair. I wouldn't know you without it. Uh, I wouldn't know Taylor without it. Taylor reached out to me because he's like, oh, I heard you talking about fire sign on your, on your podcast. He, he neglected to say, I heard you, you know, impotently talking about uh fire sign not knowing anything about them he was very nice about it uh, <laughs> i think abraham oh yeah A- i met jeff abraham because i got kelly carlin on and then et cetera, et cetera. dan pasternak i don't know how i met dan pasternak honestly but through the show somehow he might have reached out to yeah. me i don't know dr demento lots of other people people coming up on the show who i can't announce yet until basically the week of but i did just record the final episode i will say that oh man yeah, well, weird.
1: the final episode for now, who knows, there might be special editions coming.
0: I'm going to have to continue at least doing the history of Firesign <clears throat> and the history of Monty Python with Andre Jackerman, who produced all the all the records. So I'm going to have to do that. Um, I, I would feel bad leaving those up in the air and, you know, special ones here and there for sure. Especially like once the Dick Davy record comes out. Yes, I will toot my own horn and Dick Davy's horn for an hour. Why not? Why would I not? Absolutely.
1: And I mean, I'm sure that I'll be tapping you for other promotional Purposes as well. Sounds good. But I mean, you know, the official run will be done. Yeah, and then it'll it'll just be like, hey, let's get the single podcaster back together again. Yeah, exactly right.
0: <laughs> yeah, get the solo act back together. It's that would be fine with me. That's fine. It's fun to do. I love. That's the problem. Is like I love doing this show and letting go of it sort of sucks, but you know, also. And end, end on uh, having done a few really, really, really good episodes, you're super proud of, which I, I am. There's at least that. And yeah, I'm, all
1: things must pass, and we all got to move on to our future directions. I, I get that.
0: And, you know, like the other podcast that I that I need to do, like not just artistically, but I need to do personally, is the one that, like, you know, I've I've talked about a million times, nobody listens to because it's my best friend and I just fucking off for an hour. But that is also slowly becoming more and more actual comedy that isn't just us being funny with each other it's becoming like improv it's becoming bringing people in and it's like maybe explore that a little bit so that's another thing i'm doing is seeing if that can become more of a thing um so who knows There's a i was doing five podcasts a week at one point sorry to interrupt you but i was doing five (laughs) podcasts a week at one point and that was when i was like i thought i could keep that up i don't know how i thought that at all
1: well, you know naivete and you have a good studio and good equipment so yeah yeah that helps you know that when is you have true stuff on hand
0: i mentioned it before but dan's the reason i have the good equipment so thank you Dan
1: yeah but you deserved it because i mean look at how many podcast episodes you've gotten out of it it's mm-hmm. worth it oh yeah i
0: i haven't re- oh i haven't released it yet but like i did i do a mini celebration episode with my friend alex every hundred and we just did the 800th episode but i'm closer and closer to 900 as i forget to release that episode so like total between all my shows i've oh, produced between all i produced edited and been in nine almost 900 episodes of freaking podcasts so you know
1: it's a lot and there's like 400 some of this one, yeah
0: yeah i'm the plan was end this at 400 but the number of people who've said sure i'll do it before you end it has has gotten um higher so it'll probably it'll still end in november but that probably means a lot of two episodes a week for a while is what i'm guessing if if it ends up overloaded if it doesn't i'll just stop it at exactly 400 and we'll be good You know wow yeah i just
1: you know the fact that you're doing a podcast about two subjects that i love Mm -hmm. that's what attracted me you know and then just finding an album to talk about seemed like totally secondary to getting together with a kindred spirit right so I, i you know i'm always happy to talk comedy records but to sit in a room with somebody else who gives a damn about comedy records you don't get to do that all the time
0: no no, no, no. And I mean, honestly, most of the time when I have people come on, it's like, oh, yeah, I heard one comedy album growing up, or I never heard them on vinyl like, until I send it to them, because I usually send them like a vinyl rip. So at least they get the crackly, poply, poppy experience. So it, it becomes sometimes a bit of a stretch. So it's, it's you don't always find the people who had that kind of, I grew up with comedy on vinyl experience. Uh um, Right. And sometimes I'm introducing it to people. My 300th episode, I didn't know my friend had never heard a comedy album in her entire life. So uh, I just knew she was funny. And so I'm like, I sent her Lily Tomlin's Modern Scream. And we talked about that for an hour. And that was right. her first comedy record she'd ever heard. So that was fun.
1: And now since then, she's ruined her life on $3 <laughs> records, right?
0: God, for her sake, I hope not. I hope not. <laughs>
1: that's how it started for me was an offshoot oh, yeah. of uh music you know mm-hmm. my first yeah i think we talked about this i think my first comedy album was a cassette of eddie murphy and i can't remember if it was the self-titled your comedian mm-hmm. and then shortly thereafter i stumbled across a cassette of rodney's which is what you know the, no respect which was mm-hmm. my first episode with you mm-hmm. and like those tapes and and watching carson from the time i was probably three yeah you know when my when i'd get babysat by my aunt and my cousins in new york and they totally blew off the instructions of putting me to bed early (laughs) you know so comedy was a very early addiction but it didn't bubble up as a comedy record thing until those cassettes closer to my they were right on the border of my preteen to teen early teen years (laughs) and then you know with you couple that with the rise of cable broadcasting of comedy sure that's really where it all took a hold but it was all kind of bubbling in the background and it didn't really take off for me i mean i bought the andrew dice clay records for better or worse mm-hmm. and then i didn't really think about it much until i started stand-up records
0: mm-hmm.
1: that makes yeah sense. i had carlin records i mean every once in a while you'd stumble across something so you'd pick it up mm-hmm. but then like with stand-up records it became like oh well, goodbye to all this punk rock record collecting stuff. I'm not fighting with all these other people who are just like me anymore. I'm going for something they are not
0: sharp enough to give a damn about yet. Right. There's a and, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, I'm I'm just curious. It just makes me think of like what the evolution of like comedy loving and comedy records like from music. There's the obvious. Very easy connection to make between jazz and comedy because the early comedy labels were jazz labels already. I feel like, were you the only guy who was doing punk music that went into comedy music? Because I know there are plenty of, like, punk groups that also kind of do comedy. But, like, what about comedy r- record people? Is that a common through-line punk? I, well, I think maybe after me, but, huh? you know,
1: prior to me, Rick Rubin.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: But after me a lot of folks yeah you know because i happened to time it w- weirdly i i just i did it when i did it but i did it before comedy central started doing it right right and i know the guy running comedy central at the time had his own indie rock music label so like i think a lot of the people since 2000 basically have music backgrounds coming into it and certainly big music backgrounds more recently mm-hmm so they're doing what big music did to the music industry.
0: Sure, sure. And I'll leave it politely at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I gotta say, like, I—I I don't know if I told you that I—that I, because that I, I don't know if I, can, I keep having to say like, no offense, but I'm only subscribed to a certain number of podcasts, so I'm not subscribed to Marin, but I made sure to listen to you, your episode. And the oh, yeah, one yeah. thing what I was listening to, it, I was like, holy shit, Dan is being so just coldly honest about the record business i didn't expect i mean i expect you to be honest to my face but you like you're just fully like yeah no this is not this is not always a money-making venture i just really liked the honesty of that interview i thought it was a really good interview well thank you i mean
1: we met up the week i was there recording with marin anyway yeah yeah and uh yeah i just life life is short and i'm not there's no secrets to what i'm doing anybody can do what i'm doing and and from what i've seen in the last couple of years everybody is doing what i'm doing Mm -hmm. you know so i'm competing with everyone behind me for whatever that's worth and and that's fine there's plenty of there's plenty of room in the water
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know i i don't have a problem with that it's just you know when you start shitting in the water that everyone's in Mm -hmm. that's when i have a problem no, you get out and you go to a bathroom to take a dump. You don't do it where everyone's swimming, and, and uh, that's when I tend to be mouthy. But like, there's no dishonesty, and look, honesty is the only thing I have, for better or worse. You know, you go through life, you make you make friends, you make enemies, but the one thing you can do is you can be an honest person. Yep. So I'll never be a politician because I'm too honest for that. And that's fine. I don't want to be a politician. I want to make funny
0: records. Yeah. That's fair. Do you, you know? I, I, I wonder, like, because I don't know. I don't own any of, like, the Netflix releases, because I know they do that their own way. But those just feel like this glut. They feel so oversaturated because everybody's like, oh, they're doing a fucking comedy special a week. And then now I've seen it looks like they've released a vinyl of just, like, dozens of those specials, which makes it feel much less special to me maybe I'm being a whiny baby about it
1: I have cynical stuff to to say about it for sure
0: yeah
1: I I know for a fact they're not really getting the vinyl releases out in the time manner they said they say they are Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and so like the the first the first Grammy that they won was for a record that wasn't commercially available in the window they lied and said it was and they were shipping out test presses what the hell But no one's going to call them on it because Netflix has a huge amount of money. Sure. And and the people that they had nominated that year were huge people that no one would, in their right mind, argue didn't deserve a record. Mm -hmm. Except for the fact that the record wasn't really released in the window for that year. So shady. And and I know it, but who am I going to, I'm telling the podcast world now, but
0: like
1: telling the press, I mean, I called the Wall Street Journal about it. Mm Mm-hmm. It was too late they already ran the article they couldn't follow oh, it up with that man yeah and, it's like you know, who am i to say that so-and-so doesn't deserve their award sure they, you know they deserve their award they just they deserve that award whether they're in the window or not so why lie about the window
0: yeah yeah no that's weird and i i, I can't tell if there's any love being put into i mean they're like the the some of the there's certain comedy labels that i can trust who put love into it um and i know that obviously some of them are going to be your competitors but like yours included yeah. there's obviously like you know if there's a nice insert the record looks good it is just the full experience and again this is me being a whiny baby about my preferences but i if i'm going to spend 30 dollars on a record i want it to be the sexiest thing i can possibly get the sexiest version of it and i just get the feeling that the Netflix netflix ones are just like Poof all right, fucking next one, next one. I don't,
1: that's not a hundred percent true. They're doing double vinyl of hour long records, which I, I don't do double vinyl of hour long records. Okay. But, uh, you know, so they're doing that nice, but does the, does, uh, and and I don't want to sound like I'm belittling anyone's success, but does Amy Schumer's leather special deserve a vinyl issue?
0: Right. Right.
1: You know, Amy Schumer's a great comic, but that's not her greatest hour.
0: Right. Yeah. But. So
1: why would you document that on the most permanent of, of formats?
0: Mm-hmm. Unless you're doing them all, you know, which they are. Unless,
1: unless you're doing every single one of her specials, yeah. Yep. So to me, there's a cynicism there of like, oh, it doesn't matter. We'll make 500. That'll be enough to run for a Grammy, and we will just elbow everyone out. Because it's not like they're making these digital releases for the most part. They might be more recently, but they weren't. They were just doing the LP to get the Grammy and crowd. So you're telling me that like all these famous names only have 500 copies of one LP to their name and you're running it against wide digital releases. Yeah. Yeah, You're just putting off their name and you're just trying to crowd out everyone else and kudos for you. That's capitalism, Mm -hmm. but it's also kind of shady.
0: Yeah. Can I tell you side note? Speaking of, uh, uh, cynicism and Amy Schumer This is not against her at all This is entirely about me And my production yeah, yeah. team For my documentary So I released my documentary A couple years ago Lords of Soap Town If you guys want to check it out uh, It's hard to find Because <laughs> of the distribution system I have set up But uh, The one thing that uh, The the producer I was like Hey so I have this footage That I'm trying to hunt down uh, And they're like Get it to us immediately We can get it out there f- Much wider And I'm like Okay I'll do my best Do my best Back in 2008 uh ten? Nine? Uh, one of my co producers interviewed Amy Schumer and then lost the tape. Like, we're talking like a year and a half or whatever before she broke, like big, big, big. And I'm like, Can you please find the tape? And they're like, I don't know what I did with it. I'm like, No, no And yeah, that would have that honestly would have made the difference, I think. At least in terms of saleability, but entirely cynically. Uh that is I fully admit it and I've felt that way the whole time. I like the movie as it is, but you know, it would have been nice to have that. <laughs> name recognition yeah,
1: and, and, and let me say you know amy i am not diminishing you in any exactly time. same I, you're, I, I think you're she's a great comic and i have nothing against any of your success god bless you yeah yeah yeah
0: but you know it's it's about the machine the machine it's is not about is her at all. Yes, is
1: totally about the machine and you know and i might get some some bad side eye for that but you know whatever like like i'm gonna hurt netflix's business right please they're fine Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) do you are there are there any like uh releases that have come out i don't know in the last decade that you're particularly impressed of like uh, by on vinyl
1: you know i i I tend not to really tear in too much to everyone else's stuff I, i i tend Collect it and put it on a shelf but I don't really tear it open and dig through it a lot okay um so I can't answer I can't answer that honestly okay that's fair you know I just I don't have enough knowledge I have the records I just I just don't know this sounds like a
0: compulsion Dan. it sounds like a compulsive collection habit
1: well yeah that's 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 you're not a collector of anything you know yeah. I have I have media that I will probably never get to before I'm gone yeah you know I'm not in my 20s anymore so I don't have countless hours right you know I, in college when all I had was classes and no obligations I had there wasn't a record that went to unlistened to you went through on listen to but like mm. now that you know I'm older and I have a house and a family and yeah. a this that if I'm not paying attention to it doesn't get run you know so like those things take up those things take up all that free time so I don't if I'm not creating media I'm not generally taking in albums or podcasts I'm taking in like the pop culture I'm interested in sure which which includes a lot of what is now owned by Disney
0: yeah yep
1: you know, be it Marvel or or, or whatever. Pixar, mm-hmm. you name it. Those are Star Wars, those are the things that I like and I liked before Disney owned them.
0: I man, can I tell you okay, here's here's a here's a maybe a better question. Because I think we may may have talked about this. And then you can also recuse yourself, especially if you're like, well, maybe I actually want to do that and I, I don't want to talk about it right now. But <laughs> I will say like what? Are there any weird sideways uh, releases that you have wanted to do that just don't seem possible? Because I know I want I want someone to do something with that Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, uh, Miss X, or whatever the fuck it was from the first I season. I
1: tried on that. I yeah. tried to do it, and I just couldn't get through. Yeah. And I feel like the moment's gone.
0: Probably. Um,
1: I just... I really wanted to do that. I wanted to do the real to real in the exact edition number that they were talking about on the TV. Yeah. I wanted to do the bootleg record and I just could not make a contact happen. And, you know, I'm I not was- a corporation. I'm a dude in, sure. in Minnesota that just happens to love comedy.
0: I don't know if we should cut this out, but I will at the very least tell you, I have been pursuing the prop people like a fucking hound in the nicest way possible. But they cut a record for that scene. They told me they cut a record. So there's a physical record that exists. Can't be a full thing. There's no way it's a full thing. It's got to be a, just a few minutes of whatever. But they cut something. And I know the prop people. And I just feel like if I got... It's impossible to get to Amy Sherman Palladino. But if you got sideways to somebody else... It, yeah, but I get it. It Maybe I would the time take
1: any, I would <coughs> take any connection I could get. And I would consider doing more than just what's on the on the records if they have it because, you know, they film footage. But um, you know, getting that connection, I wanted to do that 100 reels so bad. Sure. That's all I wanted to do. I wanted to make it look exactly like it did in the TV show. I wanted to do that bootleg record the exact same way. And I feel like they don't spend enough time talking about that stuff. And it's like, I love the show. But you know, how many times do we need to hear that everyone's impressed with her and the sun shines out of her ass? I know. I, and I and I'm saying this as someone who loves the show, mm-hmm. but like, don't just make it that. Make it the comedy and the nuts and bolts and. <sighs> Yeah. i don't know just me it's just a difference in what i see versus what they're doing for a real wide audience which you know most wide audience might not care about what i care about but if the sun does indeed shine out of her ass and she's perfect in every way the the audience will follow
0: Mm-hmm. yeah that's true that is very true yeah she's uh, it's it's a co- it's a complicated situation because there's also there's the argument to be made that the the jokes they're writing for her aren't funny to us um, either because they're not actually funny or because they're written f- 60s funny. I don't know if either of those is true. I still like the show. I like the show a ton too, but I am I am fluctuating on whether or not that character is funny, and I think mostly probably not, but I, it's a weird situation.
1: There are, there are definite things that were written that were funny.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, I, I'm not going to go through and highlight them all because like, my memory's not that good, but sure. there were definite things that I think would have carried, and I wouldn't have, pursued the concept if it hadn't struck me as like oh this is funny because mm-hmm. if it's just about sales I don't give a shit oh I don't, yeah yeah for sure I don't I don't look I pursued it because I wanted to make a hundred real to reels I didn't yeah. pursue it because I wanted to make thousands or millions or whatever right. CDs or downloads I wanted to do the thing yeah so yeah. I'll give you one other lost project that I couldn't make happen Mm-hmm. for the life of me and we've discussed this before
0: mm-hmm.
1: I wanted to do a two to four minute long oldest recording of the 2,000 year old man on a wax cylinder
0: yeah yeah
1: I wanted to do that so bad and both both of them were still alive we lost Carl Reiner both of them were still alive and there's just so many layers of protection, all I wanted was like one question that would have been two to four minutes in total, which mm-hmm. might be a lot of material and not worth their time. Mm-hmm. But to, to present it as the oldest known recording of the two thousand year old man recorded a good eighty years before the later interviews.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've always it would have that been some.
1: You know, we could have we could have portrayed Carl uh, Reiner as Thomas Edison. <laughs> you know and it would have been wonderful and i was gonna do it a cylinder in a lavish box with a metal latch and engraved you know and if the thing happened to go longer than two to four minutes we would include a download card yeah there you go but a wax cylinder can only hold two to four minutes and who the hell like you make a hundred of those yeah most people won't buy them because they have a wax cylinder player right now well, because it's a <clears throat> fucking crazy object
0: yeah yeah and I,
1: just, I couldn't close the deal i couldn't close the deal i couldn't close the deal couldn't make the contact to pitch the deal
0: right right it was just
1: dead end after dead end after dead end and i understand these were two of the hugest names in hollywood <laughs> comedy history i knew that yeah but i thought if i could get to them somehow directly Mm-hmm. The idea would have been too appealing to them not to.
0: Mm-hmm. I, you're, you're probably not wrong. I will tell you, like, my stumbling block with the both of them has been, and, and I get this, I'm in no way uh, saying that, uh, you know, this is a problem. Uh, assistants, assistants and or managers, but usually assistants, and, you know, they pass it on, and then it's like, a, well, this can't happen, this can't happen, this, and it becomes, it sort of snowballs out of control, because you try and you try, and eventually it's like you're at the bottom of the pile of requests, and... You know. Well, I
1: mean, you know, there's gatekeepers and all that. I understand that. I understand the purpose of it and the reason people sure. like that have gatekeepers is generally because they're super nice and want to do things. Yeah,
0: yeah, big time. So,
1: I mean, I get that, but like this one, I think this one would have really tickled them.
0: I know. You, you know, know and
1: I, I don't, I don't know how to get a hold of Mel Brooks to even
0: try. You know, he wouldn't do
1: it without Carl anyway.
0: Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, I mean, that was my thought too. Is like. Rob is funny. I don't know. I don't know. Could Rob Reiner, would he? And then, yeah, would Mel want to without Carl Reiner? Probably not.
1: Well, Rob Rob is no Carl, but that's not diminishing either one. But at least there, there's the connection. Sure. Believe me, if I could make that happen tomorrow, Uh I would do it in a heartbeat. I would, in a quarantine, hop on a plane with a recording engineer. Of course. Get there, set it up, make the recording happen, record the recording into a horn if I had to, to make it January.
0: Mm-hmm. I, you know, uh, uh, I just had a guest on yesterday. Oh, yeah, so by the time this has come out, this will be, again, months later. I interviewed a guy named Corey Ryan Forrester, who's a very funny Southern comic, who um, turns out is also a big Mel Brooks fan. And I was going to ask him the question I normally say, Hey, have you ever had a chance to meet such and such person? And, uh, before I could even get it out, he was like, Oh yeah, he sang to me happy birthday on my 31st birthday. And I wanted to reach through the screen and strangle him. I was so jealous. I was just so that he, he got to hang out with a 90 something Mel Brooks who yeah, danced and sang for him. I was like, I
1: have a, I have a friend who hung out with the both of them and he knew I wanted the project. He's like, look, I got to hang out with both of them i wasn't about to bring up other stuff i go, I get it
0: of course yeah
1: i get it and uh, you know that was the closest i was gonna get yeah yeah but our, i mean mel brooks it would be it would be very hard because to say he's foundational in my in my comedy mm-hmm. it, 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 i don't even know how to put it pantheon i guess you know he's he's damn near god yeah same He's not God. He's definitely Moses. <laughs> you know, he's
0: fifteen,
1: ten commands. Exactly, exactly. And uh, oh God, yeah, I just up. yep. Some of my earliest memories in comedy were seeing the ad in the newspaper for Blazing Saddles, where you know he's wearing the big feather headdress, mm-hmm. and in the beadwork, there's Hebrew letters. Oh
0: yeah, that's right. <laughs>
1: And i was just like oh my god what is this even as a what four year old or whatever mm-hmm you, get you know talent. i was very aware very young of who i was yeah yeah so yeah. to see that in a newspaper mm-hmm. i mean
0: that was dear god that was something i mean there's yeah there, there's something about yeah I don't know again there's no I, I, I can't every time he comes up I never have the proper words for it I have uh, well you've been here you've seen my Blazing Saddles poster I have two other posters that I don't have the room to hang up one of them is a subway poster but it's in shit condition but I still want to get it framed maybe fixed I think it would cost a lot more money to fix it than buy buy a fresh one somewhere that's in better shape but yeah that's what I, I mean again there's there's all those little details that you only get Although, I guess you can, like you said, you can see the Hebrew lettering even in a small print, but there's so many small details in that poster. There's a plane going by, there's an airplane flying at the bottom of it that you can't really notice. I didn't see that. Yeah, there's a jet. There's for no reason. It's just to be like, hey, by the way, this is a movie. I love, uh, there's just so much about that film. Sorry. I just accidentally made another episode about Blazing Saddles. I can't do it again. I, it's, that's.
1: No, well, I mean, between (laughs) that and Young Frankenstein, let alone the other movies. Yeah. You know, like silent film, having Marcel Marceau be the only person to speak, you know, and then Mm -hmm. recently for me to find out, and I probably knew this in a past version of myself, but to know that Marcel Marceau was Jewish and smuggled kids out of France. And that's why part of why he learned how to pantomime
0: was to keep the kids entertained and quiet. Holy shit. (laughs) Are you fucking kidding me? Not kidding at all. How has a movie not been made about him immediately? Why is this not happening? Because who the hell
1: are you going to get to be as as talented? I know.
0: Yeah, it'll it'll end up being some fucking schmuck. It would have to be a nobody who's spent their entire life dedicating, you know, their life to pantomime, uh, somebody you don't know and therefore it wouldn't sell because it's not a big enough name. That's insane. Right, right, right. And and like
1: knowing that, Mm -hmm. it's like that makes even more sense as to why he had Marcel Marceau in you have the Jewish connection, the World War II connection, wow. the comedy connection. So, wow. like, you know, that kind of stuff, when you hear about it later on, makes it more meaningful. I mean, Richard Pryor being a co writer in Blazing Saddles makes it mean that much more to me now. Yeah. Young Frankenstein using all of the people as they before they aged out of movie making for the lighting and the effects and the costumes and the Mm -hmm. sets and the cinematography to get it all perfect to the 1930s horror movies Uh like i could ask endless amounts of questions about that stuff and not have it be like that star trek uh uh william shatner snl sketch Uh
0: mm-hmm mm-hmm
1: You know, yeah. I could actually literally sit and ask that stuff and be interested and, and think I was learning for real for real. And that's not even to begin with any other aspect of his career with either before or after your show of shows or mm-hmm. anything you know, to be or not to be or anything anything.
0: Yeah. I've I've, I've had like even, even when I've had other influences come along since then, he still reigns above them all because I just, I don't know. I don't know. Did I tell you that I played Headley Lamar on stage? I, I brag about that a lot. It's one of my favorite moments That's that I've great. ever done and dark helmet from Spaceballs, which is one of my last, like I kind of, that one's a weird one for me, but I like it enough, but I I did get to play dark helmet.
1: I will tell you during the pandemic, somebody bought me a gift that I would have never bought for myself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's, you know, it's not officially licensed or anything, but mm-hmm. it's baseball's the mask. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't have been more tickled to get a gift.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's perfect. Yeah, it's the same thing. I wouldn't either. But if you gave that to me, I'd be like, "Oh, this is this is a brilliant piece of work right here." Yeah,
1: exactly. Work? So you know, him, Bill Gaines from Mad Magazine. Uh-huh, these uh-huh. these are like foundational fa- marks. They're the foundational elements of the constellation that that matters to me. Yeah, and that—that's you know outside of straight up stand up. What uh,
0: What did you think we were going to talk about today? Got any Got any thoughts? Anything you wanted to bring up so that I don't?
1: Uh... I, I thought we might talk potentially about what it takes to make a vinyl record, but I don't know yeah. how. You know, it's a it's a dry industrial process, so maybe it'd be better to cut to an industrial film. <laughs> I've toured a lot of vinyl vinyl manufacturing.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: And uh, you know both of the old school really gritty dirty dirt floor type mm-hmm. and of mm-hmm. the new ultra modern quote unquote echo friendly presses mm-hmm. and I don't think I'm done touring vinyl pressing plants even though I know damn near everything there is to know at this point yeah I just there's something about the hissing and steam and the, the parts moving and the vinyl extruding and, mm-hmm. you know, I've it, never been cool.
0: to one. I desperately, that's something I would love to do. And I mean, now that I'm in Detroit, maybe I can get the third man tour, but you know, well, something. there's
1: third man in Detroit and there's also Archer in Detroit. Okay. You missed the best opportunities at like A&R and Bill Smith and Los Angeles and Rainbow.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of those so, things I never thought to look up and be like, hey, can I come over and see you make some fucking records? It just never, never occurred to me.
1: A&R was in Dallas. I'm sorry.
0: Oh, okay, okay, okay. There we <laughs> but Bill well,
1: Smith, I mean, like, I think Erica Records might still manufacture vinyl, so you might want to, they're in Downey, they're not far from you. Oh, okay. All right. Um, You might want to check with them, give them a ring, and see if it's something you could tour. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. insert that into this point in our podcast.
0: Perfect. Uh, uh, no, we could talk about it. We could talk about it. Like what, wh- why are beyond your love of the thing as, as an art form. Why are you so fascinated with the actual process of making it?
1: I've always liked industrial machinery because my dad worked in textiles. Okay. So the couple times I visited him at work before I wound up working for him, it was always like an impressive, scary thing to see an industrial process. And you know, I knew about that stuff a little bit as a kid. And then I went and toured the Hershey factory as a field trip in grade school. So like industrial processes, and one, another field trip was like to a McDonald's. I think that was like second grade or first grade, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and and we saw how burgers were made the old way before it was just like steam it until it's ready and then pull it out of a drawer. For sure. Um. So I've always enjoyed that. Those, the way things are made is always something interesting to me I, I tour i went to the louisville slugger plant a couple of years ago before the pandemic i always like that kind of thing because it's always interesting to see it's magic that you have the thing but how's it made that's where the magic really is yeah, yeah and program. for me you know vinyl is this thing that you well why can't i just get one made yeah well once you see how it's made it makes a lot more sense because you actually have to tear apart a machine and put pieces on it and calibrate it and run it through a few times and figure out if those are any good. Yeah. There's Man, no way to test just one.
0: Right. Right. You're, you're now making me think. I have another. I have another re- release that someone should do. Have you seen Mighty oh, yeah, Wind?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: There's a bit. <laughs> I don't remember who was talking about it one of those fucking delightful idiots and they're like they're like uh well uh you know the uh the record uh, didn't even have a hole in the middle uh yeah if you if you just teetered it uh carefully you might get a good sound you had to hold, uh, punch your own hole in it I would love to see a folksman record with no hole in the center that yeah, would be that's unplayable really I, I'm sure it is but I'm I'm locking it away because I feel like that is the thing I want to see desperately <laughs>
1: Yeah, that, that one you have to get a plant ready to
0: to really
1: hack apart their machinery to do right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that would be fun. The other thing is multiple holes in a label. You see that sometimes.
0: Sure, yeah. What is the purpose of that? How does that happen? I think the purpose of it is just to be a jerk. <laughs> just to throw somebody uh, because off. Because
1: it won't, it won't play right at all. Right.
0: Yeah, it'll be that the whole time. I love that. (laughs) Doppler effect record. (laughs) Do you have... Oh, do you have a favorite, speaking of that, like a favorite special, like, you know, the three tracks or the two tracks on one side for Python? Is there anything any interesting let's fuck with the records physicality that you can think of i
1: like all of that stuff I, I like the 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 double track or multiple tracks on one side where wherever the needle falls like there's a horse racing record that has like yes. twelve
0: or 16 different I, versions. it's a ronco thing i want to get one right
1: right so you have that you have matching tie and handkerchief which has two grooves on one side mm-hmm. you have to have like a special vinyl cu- you have to have a special dude who knows what he's doing do that yeah. um because you have to cut the side length in half basically to get double the groove on there sure and then like i did lewis black's revolver ep play from the label out
0: oh, okay right
1: and then uh, on mm-hmm. david Ross is it's not funny, the thing I did. There's a hidden track on the C D. Uh-huh. And the way you do that is you just put a lot of space between it, right? Oh sure. And the track, the the actual last track. Well on the vinyl, what I did was on the second side, the record plays to a locked groove. And it just it ends at that locked groove. But if you pick up the needle and then drop it towards the label, it'll play backwards to the same locked groove and play that extra track.
0: I love it that's great all right that's really good
1: yeah i like that trick Uh, i'm gonna be using it again for a band a funny band record i'm doing Mm -hmm. for a band that broke up years ago i can announce that here i don't have a release date but there was a band from minneapolis an offshoot of the punk group the soviets
0: Mm
1: -hmm. uh their rhythm section annie and danny they formed a separate band called awesome snakes And all of Awesome Snake's songs are either about snakes or things that are awesome. Perfect. So, And they're great. They're they're high energy. The whole whole album is like 33 minutes, I think. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So we're going to include a a cassette-only single. Mm -hmm. I think it might have been digital-only single. And we're going to include two songs per side, and they're going to use that same David Cross trick.
0: Love it. That's good. That's yeah. a fun trick I don't think I've ever seen anybody else do that Because you know, I have two records with oh. Locked grooves One of them is because it's a radio record um, So that you don't go past it And then the other one is That record that I am Releasing uh, The uh, the gift you never asked for from friends you never had And But their lock groove is, is On a word And it's intentional and it's part of the whole fucking narrative And it's one of the best things I've ever It's very fire sign It's very heady and it's good, it's a good. That's thing. great
1: for twenty years.
0: It's the it's the one that I am releasing. Uh, you know, they, basically they they have their own records ready to go, but I I am helping them sell the vinyl and the digital through Celery Sound so that they can just get it out there a little more. Because they were kind enough to send me a copy. There there's some other people I wouldn't know because of this pod without this podcast. They're like, hey, we hope you appreciate this, and they spent like four years fucking making their own record and self funding it, and it's great. It's too good. It's too good, and. That, that bit was like, that sold me. I was like, oh, you fuckers. It's too good of a bit. Well, l-
1: let me know when that's up. I'll pick up a copy.
0: Oh, it's out there. It's out there. That one. Oh, okay. and I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get it um, at CelerySoundRecords.com. Also, I think the link from celery sound goes right to their band camp, which is where you actually purchase it. So, And they're selling it for way too cheap. But, you know, it's good. It's good. Well, you know, if you have that opportunity and you can do it, you should do it, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: If you don't mind taking a loss, that's fine. But yeah i uh, i enjoy i enjoy the whole process of making a record the only thing i don't enjoy is the length of time uh it takes to get it from start to finish which goes through the vagaries of uh, demand Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know and right now there's high demand and you couple that with the fact that one of the uh, places that makes the uh masters the 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 biggest place that makes the masters burnt down it's crazy that is so crazy. you couple that with increased demand and it's just weeks and weeks i called the, the place i deal with here locally and they're like i called them last month which was um april mm-hmm. and they said we're not pressing anything new until october november
0: damn
1: and i was like oh. shit yeah
0: that's crazy
1: it's and even a... other places that are faster like 10 to 12 weeks from when you approve the test pressing
0: mm-hmm. wow this is a complicated so business
1: it makes it very hard to schedule
0: mm-hmm. and this is you know i, I think you you know you discuss this if you just wanted to release a bunch of fucking, you know cds it would take nothing because it's just it's easy it's a simple process right.
1: C- cds are easy and look if you're going to do that now mm-hmm. there's. You deserve some kudos now because you know everyone will tell you i don't even have anything to play that on Mm
0: -hmm. it's
1: like okay yeah you don't watch tv good for you (laughs)
0: i'll
1: just sit here roll my eyes and make the jerk off motion (laughs) congratulations (laughs) professor
0: Yeah, it's like uh, the only reason I even ever default to digital is if I'm in a rush, if if I haven't had a chance to listen to a record and put it on or sift through 500 records to realize where I put it, which is in a bad place. Usually I never alphabetize anything properly, you know, so I'll default to digital for that. But I don't know. I just I don't know. Having having the thing there makes me appreciate it a little more. It is. Uh, I, ma- pressure. I make
1: digital only releases some fairly often lately because that's what the mm-hmm. market demands. And it's if- sure. Comics aren't touring during a pandemic. Of course. Then why would you make a CD for them to sell live that they're only going to tell you, I can't sell CDs. Everyone rolls their eyes at it. And it's like, you can say as much as you want in the press about how vinyl sales are great and CD sales are falling. But that's like a sign of illness in the record industry. I can walk through the numbers of why that's all horrible news and not great news to be celebrated. Right. You know? I'm glad vinyl's selling more, but when vinyl sells for double or over what a CD sells for mm-hmm. and you're only talking about the dollar amounts, not the unit amounts. So one CD, one, one, one LP is worth two plus CDs. Mm-hmm. So if CD sales are falling in, in in number wise, uh, sales number wise and vinyls outpacing it, that means the overall amount of units is down a staggering amount,
0: right? Yeah, that makes logical which is, sense.
1: Which is and if you say it's outpacing um downloads, that's even worse because a download at retail is a third of the price of an LP.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that means they're only counting dollars, they're not counting units.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So one thirty dollar one thirty dollar C L P is three nine ninety nine downloads. Sure. Yeah. So That's horrible news. That means overall sales are down and no one is able to push units.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, it's a harsh reality that uh, doesn't quite, it's one of the, you know, one of the funniest things is I I stopped paying attention to, I, I put, once I started the podcast, I started a Google News Alert for like vinyl comedy. And for the first eight, nine years of the podcast, w- once every two weeks, there would be a, hey, vinyl's having a comeback for the first nine years of me having this show, because it, it becomes a new story for everybody, as though it's this massive thing. And then when you hear the real reality of it, it's like, yeah, sure, it, there's more vinyl maybe than there was a while ago, but it's not, it's not the way you're pitching it. It's not what it was. Oh, you mean if you're lucky, you can sell 500 units of an LP, whereas like 20 years ago, you could probably sell 30,000? hmm Mm-hmm. Right. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not... Um,
1: and that that's if you're a big good. act. In comedy, it wasn't like that. In comedy, you're lucky to move 500 to 1,000 units because it's not music. It's not Lady Gaga. It's not Taylor Swift. It's mm-hmm. not whoever else is big, get K-pop band or whatever. Yeah. It's not Sturgill Simpson even. People don't buy comedy albums the way they buy music albums right you know and they don't they certainly don't re as much as i i and i agree with this being a comedy person you don't re listen to them as much as you listen to your favorite song no no it's a different thing but you want to if you want a permanent record of it you buy the record yeah but uh so demand for comedy like selling five you know we say limited edition 500 but is it you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. is it really a limited edition There are 500 made, but it might be unlimited. You might have 300 of those forever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When do you think the last time the business did uh, First Family Numbers was? I mean, like in a year selling seven and a half million actual physical records for one record. For Well, for
1: comedy, probably never since then. Right. I
0: don't think Steve. I mean, I'd have to look. I don't think
1: Steve Martin sold seven and a half million. He might have. There's a lot of them out there.
0: Right. But um, not 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 like there is the first family. I own 20 copies for a reason
1: because <laughs> they're yeah. everywhere. Yeah, I mean Firestein did really good numbers, but I don't know what those numbers
0: were. Uh-huh, uh-huh.
1: You know, it, it was a different time. Final was like three dollars then to buy okay. an own. Yeah. So at retail, you know, you'd find them at like Kresge's for like a dollar ninety eight. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Places like that, Woolworths and stuff like that. It makes sense. But uh, you know. When you're selling a thirty-dollar record, even though it's probably the same monetarily value-wise as the three dollars was back in the early seventies, it's a it's a much harder deal.
0: Yeah, you yeah. know and
1: you I, only do it because you love it, for sure.
0: Yeah, it hadn't occurred to me until recently where I was like, you know, I talk enough about that record, but the sheer number of it, the sheer number, I think I was like, yeah, of course people have surpassed it since then, but maybe not, maybe not. There's there's a, there's a half a chance. And um, yeah, I, I don't, don't think
1: anything is sound scanned that high since. I doubt Dane Cook has gone that high. Right. I mean, I know he's in the millions because his record went platinum, sure. but I don't think it went seven times platinum.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I'm gonna have to dig on the on on this at you know at the last minute at the last minute. This <laughs> uh, do you um is there anything is there anything coming up you're looking forward to? It can be something of your own.
1: Um, You know, I'm looking forward to that awesome Snakes record.
0: Yeah, sounds great.
1: I'm about to reissue a split single of Kyle Canane and a band from Minneapolis called The Slow Death. Awesome. So that's in the works now. I'm currently locking down. The rights are locked down and we're currently uh, getting all of the old version pulled down. The okay. new version isn't going to be different on an audio front. It's just going to be the same the same record, but like mm-hmm. you know, understand up. I'll tell you something funny. I'll tell you a funny Kyle Canine story. Please. So I've known him for a long time. I don't even know how many years at this point. Probably it's less than twenty. It's definitely more than ten. Mm-hmm. I can't I I don't know. Anyway, I used to see him almost every year at South by Southwest in Texas. And one year I go to a show. And a dude pulls up next to me and you know kyle's got this kind of beard most of the time or yeah. usually his beard is beautifully shaped to look like a russian czar's beard sure you know i am envious of the fact that he could shape it that well mm-hmm. but uh you know lately he's been sporting the good old rasputin
0: mm-hmm.
1: You know, <laughs> and uh so i'm at a show at south by southwest a rock show i think and a guy pulls up next to me, a shorter guy, baseball hat, you know, clean shaven, and we're we're standing there rocking along. And I notice he's there, holding a beer. And in between songs, he goes, "Hey Dan." I go, I look at him. I go, "Hey," and I kind of go back to looking at the stage. And he goes, "Hey Dan." I look back at him. Yeah, he goes, "It's me, Kyle." <laughs> and I just had to go like, "Holy shit! It is you!" <laughs> no beard. He was unrecognizable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Just a regular, just look like a regular rock fan. Yeah. I,
0: I am surprised though that that voice didn't, didn't throw you maybe in a loud room. It doesn't sound as raspy. It was it a loud
1: outdoor venue. <laughs>
0: shave and, a beard you know
1: yeah kind of well no there's been times where i've been th- there was a different time i was walking in austin and i hear two people go hey damn and i look around and i can't see anybody mm-hmm. so i just keep walking and i find out like a year and a half later it was Kane and matt <laughs> and it's not um. like they yelled hey over here dummy right they didn't do that part
0: right do you have anything else you want to you want you want to cover on this our final regular episode of comedy on vinyl Dan?
1: you know i have things i want to talk to you about that aren't, aren't for the public yet fair enough fair enough but uh you know i i don't want the conversation to end because i don't want the show to end i appreciate but really that. and i mean not just our episode of the show i don't want this to end i enjoy sitting here and talking to you yeah but i don't want the show to end and i understand and respect the decision that it's time to move on. I've had that in my life too. Yeah. So I'm not going to bag on you there, but I am, I am desperately going to miss the show.
0: I appreciate that. That means a lot. That doesn't mean an awful lot. I'm very bad at receiving such compliments, but thank you. That does mean. A Absolutely.
1: Lot. And uh, no, you know me, you know that I'm not just pulling a leg here. No,
0: no, no, no. You're a very sincere person. Uh, that, that is one thing that I've always admired about you. honesty and sincerity. Like it, it is, uh, it's refreshing. Cause it's, um, well, I live in LA, so you know that you know where that's going to go. I know um, exactly. <laughs> um, well, Dan, this is coming out November 2nd or so, somewhere around there. Do you want to get anything you want to promote? Tell people where to find you and your company.
1: Uh, first off, you can find us at standuprecords.com, um, also on the Twitter and the Instagram at standuprecords and standup uh, standuprecords, all run together.
0: Uh, your Instagram's a good follow. I'm not on Instagram a lot, but uh, there are not a lot of like company Instagrams that I give a fuck about. But you put a lot, put out a lot of good stuff, and it's obviously informative of the stuff you're releasing. But it's always like visually interesting. So come on, follow him, everybody. Well, the,
1: you know, I, I try to make it not just business. It's more. I ride. It's it's partially my personal one as well. I don't mm-hmm. want to have a separate one because this this business is me. Yeah. Um, at least at this point in time, it is you know yeah. so i want to i want to maintain that personal feel and i i tend to like weird things so i try to photograph weird things and and rebroadcast folks on my label as well as posting the stuff that promotes our albums yeah of course Here's the, the, i like yeah. honestly out of all the social media i like instagram the most
0: yeah same I'm I'm bad at it, but I like flipping through people's stuff. I'm very bad at it, but I, I like watching people's stuff. Oh, I um, like it for the navel gazing of just putting my own stuff up. Oh yeah, sure, that's also fair. Yeah, yeah. If, if I spent more time like just putting up my art over the last few years, maybe I'd maybe I'd enjoy. Maybe I just should do that. I should just do that. Put up shit I've made. Um, Dan, thank you a for being here, again. Absolutely, thanks for having me. Uh, what fourth time? I think so. That yeah, makes this sense. Is great. I always enjoy this. I wish it was in person. Same. Same. We'll, we'll we'll do it. We'll do it again. We'll do a special episode at some point. We have to. Um, also, thank you for making the show sound good and making it possible. Um, cause Absolutely. Because the first four years of this show or something, you know, my good buddy Mike Warden let me his, his small recorder and not to shit on it. It just didn't sound like this stuff sounds. He very kindly, I wouldn't have had a show if it weren't for Mike. And then I wouldn't have had a show that continued to sound, you know, that started to sound really good if it wasn't for you. So I, I appreciate that. I was glad
1: to be a part of it.
0: Um, thank you guys for listening, and as always, have a good thing. Comedy on Vinyl is a production of Stolen Dress Entertainment. It is produced by Mike Warden and is hosted and edited by Jason Klom. Our theme song was composed and performed by Richard Levinson. You can email us at podcast at comedyonvinyl.com. You can also send snail mail to P.O. Box 725165, Berkeley, Michigan, 48072. Subscribe to Comedy on Vinyl on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you can find podcasts Stolen Dress Entertainment.
1: Hey, it's my turn.